So uh, it's a nice sunny Friday after the rain. After several days of rain. Which is huge for L.A. Yeah. I know we make such a big deal about it, but, you know, it's a, it's a desert first and foremost. Secondly, we don't really, we're not rigged for rain. People tend to skitter all over the freeways because the oil builds up. Millions of cars go over the, the freeways here in L.A. And, you know, it gets pretty dangerous. And then the rain doesn't really have a place to go. I don't think our um, a lot of our sewage systems are dug deep enough to handle a huge influx of rain. Doesn't it just all go down to the ocean? Eventually, I would assume. Or the core of the earth where the dragons drink it. I'm so glad I'm not in charge of these things. Anyway, so it's a beautiful uh, sunny Friday. It can be whatever day that you want it to be, at whatever time you're listening to this. And we're back. And we're back. We took a brief break. We didn't mean to take a break. We were just looking for something good to do that you and I have seen at the same time that is worthy of talking about. See, that's the big clincher. I watch a lot of stuff. We watch a lot of stuff. We just don't want to talk about some of it. We did see The Last Jedi. We didn't do a podcast about that, but got to say... There's a lot of hate about it before we watched it. And I don't get that because I quite I quite liked it. Yeah, I thought it was fun, too. I don't understand the hate of The Last Jedi either. You know, I was perfectly fine with what happened to to Luke. Yeah, are you are you fine that you didn't see it in the theater, though? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I mean, you know what? It, it's so distracting to see something in the theater. Like, we went to see Black Panther the first time. And there's just a guy standing there with his grandkids for like the first, the, the whole, you know, origin story of Wakanda, you know, his big fucking head standing yeah. in the aisle. I don't know why he was, he was doing that because they eventually like sat down. Sit so your like, ass down, yeah. common sense. It's just, and he's an old ass motherfucker. He should have known. Anyway, so for me, it's like, it's just too distracting. I want to police people's behavior. And so I would rather see it on our, our big screen in our living room. We've got it all rigged for movie viewing. But the second time we went to see it in the middle of the week, hardly anyone was there. That's right. But you don't always look out with that. The Last Jedi, I don't know. I love that the Star Wars movies are, there's a bunch of them. They're not all being like hoarded by the monster George Lucas anymore. Everybody's getting a shot at them. There could be, there to me, there's not enough Star Wars um, spinoffs and side stories. They could keep it coming for as, as much as I'm concerned. And I think this one was fine. It was very sad to me because, you know, Carrie Fisher didn't plan for this to be her last film. So I was aware of, I think we were all aware of that when we were watching it. All three of them now are. They're passed away in the story. Passed away. No, two are passed away in the story and one they're going to have to address because Leia does not pass away on screen. No. Leia is so hardcore, got the force in her that she was able to thaw her ass out and zoom back into the machine after the, the ship after we blasted in space. So I think they were fixing to say something about Leia having, you know, she was spacewalking. She had some powers, man. So that is unfortunate. Well, it's unfortunate that we don't have Carrie Fisher in the world in general, because the world is a less shimmery, wonderful place without her. Uh, but the Star Wars, you know, going forward, it's just every time Hamill writes about her, it breaks my heart. But I love that he reps her. He reps Leia. He reps Carrie. So that's awesome. But I liked it. I don't I, there was I can see the criticism of like a couple of stories that took us nowhere, like the little the little girl who was the the engineer story and how, you know, like. That was a little distracting. Oh, yeah. Her and, and Finn. Yeah, I'm glad we had some Asians up in here, but I didn't... Yeah. 
That didn't make much sense. It just kind of annoyed me. It was like her sister in the beginning, and then her and the little medallion, and then she dies in the ship. Yeah. I could have done without it. I feel like maybe Ryan could have, he could have pinched that off, done something different with Asians. That don't always have to be a side story, yo. Um, but we're not talking about The Last Jedi. We're talking about the assassination of Jenny Versace. Jenny. I'm obsessed with the way Penelope Cruz played Donatella. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Every time I would see her, I'm like, I've heard Donatella talk now. Does she sound like that? Kind of not really to me. And I'm sure Donatella's probably not feeling it either. She's, she's, you know, but she's the billionaire Italian lady who doesn't have to answer to anyone. But Penelope Cruz, <laughs> Johnny, you are the designer. She has like a, it's a, I don't know if she got her teeth done. Donatella did. And like, so sometimes when you get your teeth did and they like put, you know, the veneers on them, it affects your speech. Yeah, the spacing, right? Yeah, then, or did Donatella speak that way when she spoke English and you didn't hear it when she spoke Italian or she just had that? Anyway, I mean, no shade on like speech impediments at all. I just found it. I found Penelope Cruz distracting and yet also I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Johnny, you're the designer. But it's not like the Spanish lisp. No, it was, it was a, a th- in the tease. Yeah, the it was a little arrogant or something. Just hats off to Penelope Cruz. Even if it annoyed Donatella, I was I was there for it. It was highly entertaining. I thought highly entertaining, and I like how she played her. It's like like so fucking cold. She was so mean to Ricky Martin, who played the and lover. Then she, she cried at the end because that you know I didn't pick up. I, I, ignore, tried to do, I ignored. I ignored him. When he called me by 30 minutes later, I ignored him. And then she cried. I uh, love Penelope Cruz. Who played the lover? You had the Wikipedia list there in front of... Uh, who did Ricky play? Ricky played Antonio D'Amico. Who got done wrong. If, if You know, we know Ryan Murphy and those fellas take a lot of poetic license with their stories. How, it, how much creative uh, uh, input does he have if he's just the EP on these things now? I, Ryan Murphy can do whatever the fuck Ryan Murphy wants to. I mean, he runs his writer's room. He's not a hands-off guy. Oh, so he's <clears throat> completely involved. I think he's completely involved, and especially a story like this that would be important to the gay community, you know? He's a, he's a gay man. I would assume that he would have, you know, a lot to say. He obviously has final say. Yeah. So, and there's a lot that we don't know about. Um, and he's working a lot. Yeah. I mean, Feud was just, just earlier, he just, just a little while ago, now this. He just... Ooh. Turning that stuff out. Uh, and you know what? I don't mind. You have to kind of... Ryan Murphy is a very specific th- flavor. Ryan Murphy stuff, it's a little... There's there's high camp kind of involved. But he's not afraid to get his hands dirty and to weigh into like, you know, very popular topics. You know, we've seen... This is season two of American Crime. Season one was OJ. And I thought it was just going to be a bunch of like impersonation drag of real life people. But it ended up being... They they went into some into some you know some deep dive into characters you know real life people that I appreciated and I appreciated it here too. You know what we don't have access to in the story of the assassination of Gianni Versace. We have the book that it was based on, uh, Joanne Orth. I want to say we have her book, right? 
Um, is it Joanne? Can we look up the author's name? Is it in the Wicca in front of then the Wikipedia? It's based on her her book, and she did quite extensive. Maureen Orth's there you go book Vulgar Favors. Okay, Andrew Kunan and Johnny Versace and the largest failed manhunt in the U in U.S. history. Girl, that is a long ass title, Maureen. So she's not Joanne; she's Maureen. Okay. Joanne Marine, whatever. And, um, you know, obviously she knew what she was talking about. Let's hope that she did. And they took this book as the basis. And so there's a lot of filling in the blanks because when Andrew Cannon is going on this killing spree, he's by himself because there's nobody who's lived to tell the tale of what was going through his mind. And there's always, you know, the Miglin family saying that Andrew did not know um, Lee beforehand. They were not lovers. He just happened to be a closeted gay man, and they're, they're denying that, that he murdered. I feel like he had a connection to all these guys, though. And as much as no one wants to besmirch uh, the good man that was Lee Miglin, you know, it's okay to be gay, guys. It's fine. I don't think everybody should be so fretful over that. But again, at the time in the 90s, it wasn't cool to be out, you know. You think homophobia is bad now, back in the day, 80s, 90s, it still was not, it was not cool. We were just embracing the thought of being out, right? So the series addresses that. That seems to be the main theme. You know, was Andrew created by his father, um, you know, made into the sociopath prince that he was by Modesto, Given everything, called the little prince, given superiority and place over everyone in the family. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how true all that stuff was, but damn, that was one messed up family. Yeah, Maureen tends to say that that's, you know, that's what she got. She interviewed the siblings. I don't know how much she talked to the mother, but, you know, that's what she drew from it. And if we are believing Maureen Orth's account... Then, you know, Pete fucked up his kid, made him a little prince, ran back off to the Philippines, abandoned his family, and left his kid with all these expectations of the world and with no tool set to fulfill his place in the world as a prince. Yeah. So he becomes the lover of these older, wealthier men. There's a bunch of Freudian stuff that you can unpack there. And then, you know, at some point, maybe he runs up the charge cards. I haven't read the book. And maybe he pisses off one of his first lovers down in La Jolla. And next thing you know, somebody gets their head, ca- head caved in and it's blamed on a drifter. You know? That's how that, that, that first, that, that's that what one I'm, scene That's what I got like, from it. it. That's what I'm taking away from it. Yeah. Again, I didn't sit down and read a book just to do this podcast. I was just taking the series for what it was presenting to yeah. us. And I was like shit you know or maybe you know he got he saw like he like what was portrayed in that thing he saw it got this idea got the idea of, that you know you, know, you can go do, on a yeah. killing spree maybe you know maybe so opposed to being like what is it uh you know uh metaphorical i guess i don't know i just know that the the the, the realistic thing about this person about andrew is that they're not Killers like this are not uncommon in society. We'd like to believe that they're anomalous. We'd really like to believe that. But if you look at true crime, if you look at 
just cases, there's a lot of Andrew Cannanans running around. Whether they decide to kill once or at all kind of is balanced on several factors. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, that goes back to the um, that uh, the, the mind hunter. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when when the doctor says, you know, politicians and CEOs and serial killers all have that same th- absolutely drive yeah. it just it, it 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 depends on what you know how they react to certain stimuli right and then the you know the ceo he's got a jet and he can have you know prostitutes pee pee on him and stuff like that he can get oh. his jollies oh what did i say what did i say where's the tape um you know you can you can get your jollies by like ruining an entire country let's say or getting in bed with a foreign power and and taking over an entire country. Uh, what sort of things? You can go to war with North Korea. You can hire a guy to take you to war with North Korea to like take everybody's mind off the fact that you are somebody's bitch. I mean, there's so many ways. And you know, but I think if you took that power away, would you have you know Donald Trump the serial killer? Yeah. You know, if he didn't have his toys, his country to you know all that money ruin. To, you yeah. Know, if he, like you know like Kunanen, he didn't have any money. Right. But, you know, there was this expectation of wealth. There was this expectation of he was owed. His, you know, Pete, his dad's nickname was Pete. Pete Cunanan, you know, set him up in the world to you. You should expect greatness. He put he installs the kid in the master bedroom in their house. And he sleeps on the couch, I think, according to Orth. But then then he's sleeping in the room with him. Yeah. And then there's a sort of hint at was there did, you know, Pete sexually molest his son? You know, and is this the only, you know, and because I guess the biggest question is, is Pete Cunanan really the orchestrator of all of these murders and dudes running around fancy free and shooting his mouth off as this series has, you know, aired about how he's going to get some money together and tell the real story of Andrew and how he was set up by the CIA and all kinds of other horse stuff clearly i guess this guy is he is seen as i'm not saying that you are sir i don't know you as maybe delusional i don't know i don't know um the show certainly paints pete as a little bit kind of delusions of grandeur little sneaky little shady and how he does his son in the end you know i'm gonna be right there you wait on me yeah and it remains to be seen did he they don't. Sh- they don't let you know that Pete ratted him out and gave up the address of, of the address of fifty four and Collins, where the boathouse was. But it, I guess, the way they played it is that he's hiding out in the boathouse. He doesn't run too far away from because he can't get off the island. You know, you can't get out of Miami. You know, if you're going to commit a crime in the city center, you better get in and get out and you know get away quick because they start blocking that shit off. There's no way to get quick out of Miami once your, you know, your crime is known and you shot the dude on his front steps. So, and everybody saw your face, like 15, 20, you know, people are standing there. One guy actually in real life gave a chase and lost him, but he was able to clock a lot of features on Cunanan and he was the one who nailed him and put him at the scene. So now, obviously Cunanan is not planning these things. These are crimes of passion because now he's trying to get off the island he, you know, is running out of food. He's hiding out of somebody's boathouse. But then, in, in that, in the story, in the in the in the show, mm-hmm. there was that 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 private investigator guy, right? So what is what I was getting like, to? I don't know that it doesn't feel like they're saying that Pete that, ratted him yeah, out. Yeah. 
that he was just waiting around for the, you know, to turn it into a made for TV movie or a film. Because he was all about titles of the film and stuff, and he wasn't going to run and save his son at all. So yeah, I'm, I'm he went Daddy's straight, coming. He went, yeah, he went straight to the. He went straight to the media. Yeah, to, he was just getting interviews out there. So I feel. I feel like what they're saying. I picked up is that someone saw someone around the boathouse. The owners called in their dude to go. We think somebody's over there. It could be this dude because there's a massive manhunt. Like everybody knew about this at the time. And you, like you said, it's not that large of an area. It's not. And I remember the, the manhunt on tel- television. I remember this very, very vividly. <clears throat> what was this? This is after OJ. So, you know, that was the big national news. And everybody was looking for him. So I can see the people who are, you know, who own this boathouse going, you know, sending some geezer with a gun over there to check it out. And sure enough, he's up in there. And that's how he gets found out. Um, doesn't end too well for Andrew. He ends up uh, obviously killing himself. That last, because I was I was looking up some stuff last night after we watched it, and that last scene of him sitting, laying on the the bed, mm-hmm. and the way he was positioned, it really it it really looks like the real life crime story photo. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's um... to the point where there's there's a a, a, a a forensic person pulling like stuff out of the fingernails or something. Yeah. Like someone snapped that and they sort of recreated that one shot. This show does tend to do that it's stuff. Like, it's a little creepy. And again, you know, I here's the thing that that bothers me is that and I'm having to check myself a lot on this, you know. I've just got a tickle in my throat today. <clears throat> um is that uh, that whole true crime and entertainment at somebody's loss? Because Johnny Versace was a real person. He was he worked hard. He came from nothing. He worked in the family business and he made a name for himself. And he did not deserve to be shot in the head twice by some disturbed young man. And. Whether you you know want to cuddle up to Donatella or not, I understand her not digging this biopic at all because why? I think that's why this show hasn't the ratings haven't even been close to the OJ um, story because OJ kind of held the nation hostage for nine ten months. This story kind of went unnoticed if you weren't in certain sectors that didn't follow celebrities or yeah. fashion. Well, it's a, it's a different, it really is a different, um, like you said, it's a different demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who, who knows all about OJ's exploits and his sports stuff probably doesn't know of. Yeah. Again, it wasn't like we were following. I mean, it was, it was, what was it? A couple of weeks, you know, between the assassination of Johnny and then, then, uh, the tragic ending of Andrew Kananen, but it wasn't, I mean, obviously this didn't go on for months. Yeah. I mean, his killing spree went on for three months um, from, you know, top to the, to the end. Was that national news at that time? No, because they didn't, I don't, I don't think, think they were they tying did, it yeah, together. They didn't know who it was. <clears throat> they weren't tying it together at no. all. Um, I apologize for all those coughs. So just get one of it. You know, like you sit down and you just, all of a sudden you got a thing and then it's just there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. 
that's, I think that's why this show it hasn't probably been raking in those numbers. And it's kind of also hard to say, wow, this was well done because it's just kind of icky all around the story. You know, what happened to Johnny? What ended up happening to his lover? Um, Ricky Martin said even watching it, it made him very furious because, you know, Ricky himself had to be in the closet for years and told his own lovers to lie. And having to play this, you know, this man who was basically shoved out into the cold once Johnny died because Donatella says, hey, you know, he was having money troubles. The board owns everything that Johnny owns. You can go and like get yourself together in Lake Como, Cuomo or whatever it was. And then after that, you get a piece. Now, I don't know if he attempted suicide like it shows in the... Uh, All those little green uh, blue pills. Yeah, I don't know if he tried to do that. But, I mean, he he eventually bounced back. He has a new lover. He became a fashion designer himself in his own right and was supported by Elton John and others. So, again, what is his name again? Uh, He was... I don't know why I'm blanking on it. Antonio D'Amico. Antonio. So, Antonio, he's all right. He's doing okay, you know. Um, Donatella, well, I mean, you know, like, Donatella's not the, doing okay, but I'm sure not a day goes by that you don't miss these people in your life. I mean, like, I was just talking about grief with someone yesterday who lost her son three years ago and how grief is, for me, grief is, it's like an ocean. It's like, it's always there. It's this big daunting thing that's always there, but like it ebbs and flows. So I think you feel these losses in different ways. It could be some random moment or whatever. And again, when you have an entire series, a 10-part series is being broadcast on television, I'm sure Donatella can find a way to tune it out, and Antonio as well, and others that are, you know, the Miglin family. But, you know, Jeff Trail's family, what are they thinking? What's happening with David Madsen's family? I mean, like... This guy left a wake of bodies. I mean, the caretaker that he just shot just to get his truck. Yeah. So, I don't know. These kinds of things are really hard when I know that real people were involved. And in 1997 is not that far away. It's just, I don't know how I feel about, should I watch it? I don't want to be entertained by this. You know what I'm saying? Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, like, you know, did you feel the same way when you saw the O.J. Simpson the re, uh, American yeah, I had a lot of guilt about that, too. I had a lot of guilt covering it. Yeah. Because I covered it at CNN, and people were just, you know, it felt gross. Almost immediately, it was like, this has become this circus. And I think every day, there were, there were just a, all of us in the newsroom, specifically at CNN, uh, this is CNN.com, we, I remember everybody being very aware of, hey, whatever is going on with the circus and the zoo, two people got brutally murdered so let's focus on that and not all this salacious bullshit that's see that's that's how i'm feeling about the um that podcast i'm at that point oh about up and vanish like i i just yeah you know these people are you know giving their two cents worth or trying to get a spotlight and even the podcaster himself is like yeah and I, I just feel a little icky about it because, you yeah. know, this person, you I know, too. I think she she had a horrible end. Yeah. Poor, and I don't think she deserved that. No one does. Tara Grinstead, yeah. This is the podcast Up and Vanished that, um, you know, Payne, um, Payne Lindsay was putting this together and he was doing it as, it as he was doing it. He was, I don't know if he would 
say that he would do it the same way, but he certainly inserted himself in the middle of the story. And I think that's probably what ended up like knocking me off is like, I don't know. The story is not about yeah. you. And he did bring the focus back to, to Tara. He does bring that focus back to her. In the last couple episodes. Yeah. Maybe. You know, but I think ultimately, yeah. Because want- it's not it's not like the like the um, like serial, like the first season of serial where, you know, it wasn't. A, I mean, the it just I, I don't feel icky about it. I don't know. Uh, what's the girl's name? Uh, uh, Heyman Lee. Yeah, Heyman Lee's family would tell you uh, uh, different. That's true. Uh, would you like somebody to do a podcast about your loved one's death? I don't think anyone no. would. Or or a television show or a TV series. Or, you know, I think about them when I think Zodiac. So it's kind of reluctantly coming to this one, and I don't know. But I feel like, <clears throat> again, I'm sorry. I feel like the Ryan Murphy at least tries to investigate who these people are. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't, I mean, apart from um, Modesto, he doesn't paint anyone in a very negative light. Well, I think he definitely takes, I think we paint Andrew in a, in a very oh, negative you, light. Oh, okay, yeah, him him and Modesto. I mean, you, both of those guys. But, like, he doesn't disparage uh, Donatella in any way, or at least I don't feel like he did. No, I think that they did... As careful as you can be with depicting people, I think they they gave it their best shot. It's hard to get right. It's hard to get real people light. I mean, right, as soon as you put a lens on something, as soon as you make it art on any level, you're distorting it to a certain degree. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's a documentary. And even then, it's like whose perspective and yeah. who's in the edit room. So. So like I, I like I, I was gonna say I'm reticent to say it was well done, but in the telling of this particular story, I think they told it as best they could. But I'm sure there are those in real life who would say, "Fuck that! Why even tell the story?" Or they left this out or this aspect of it. I think that the the murders. I mean, like the Lee Miglin's murder just really bothered me. Um, just how he had to make this man suffer. And you see him kind of leading up to that with one of the Johns that he had in Miami, the guy who taped up his head and just left some, and the guy was like clearly terrified of Andrew and wanted him out of his room. Um, but then when he actually just, he kills Lee, this brutal way that he kills him, he doesn't kill anyone else that way. That's, that's the torture. Um, and the defilement and the humiliation, the way he left Lee's body is, um, I think it got me. And also the fact that it's the guy from MASH, you know. <laughs> Dude, don't do the guy from MASH. What was his name? Um, I want to say. Mike uh, Farrell? Yeah. Like he was awesome on MASH. And then, of course, Andrew Chris, I mean, uh, Darren Chris said it was really hard playing those scenes uh, with him as well, because he was like, oh my God, this guy's such a sweet, lovely man. And I'm being this monster to him. So he had a, he had a hard time. And then also just the way that he, uh, well, I don't think Jeff trail got out, you know, he didn't get a good death either. Cause he got his face beaten. He got, with yeah, a hammer. With, was it? Yeah. It was a hammer. Yeah. 
And then um, David, whatever. David Madsen. He got shot in the face. Like, he got shot in the shot face, in the but eye. that wasn't like the Lee Meglin torture of God knows how many hours that was. So, yeah, I don't know. Andrew Cunanan, such a, such a, it's just pointless, this pointless violence. Yeah. And a show trying to make sense of it. I think that's why the um, the lover that he had, I guess that the lover who has AIDS is in, is in, interviewed by the police. Oh, yeah, at the end. Yeah. And he gives his kind of speech about how they're all seen. That almost, it was jarring because it came like, this is the mission statement of the series. I was a little bit like, I mean, I, I saw it in elements of things as we rolled along. And I appreciated it on one level, but it also felt a little, I don't know, soapboxy at that point. A little point. breachy? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe in the message. Yeah. But but where it was placed, it was And just... I love the way the actor actually delivered it. Yeah. But where it was placed, probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying there. If we had gotten that maybe three episodes earlier, I felt like coming toward the end, it was a little cheesed out, and it, it wasn't... It was worthy of being closer to the top. And did the priest not shake Antonio's hand, you know, offer him comfort, his hand to be kissed, whatever. Did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just so glad we stopped televising all these bullshit spectacles all the time. Because I think by the time we got around to the memorial service for Versace, I think everybody was getting sick of it. I know I felt that way. I was like, we don't need to keep putting cameras and these that was very much a 90s thing to this public grief these trials all of this stuff um i think we all learned a little bit from that era and hopefully learned we're still going through it hopefully learned to be accepting of people for who they are you know uh versace was doing something very brave by coming out himself and it was in very recent history has it been cool to be out. I mean, a whole generation is coming up that will look back at that and go, what fucking dinosaur shit is this? But we were kind of there for it. See, you know, the light kind of dawning on all of this. And unfortunately for the gay community, the Andrew Cannons of the world, they're like, see... See what that, you know, what that garners, what that draws, you know, so, and one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. Yeah. So I was looking at like the different episodes, the, the premiere was directed by Ryan Murphy. Yes. And then the rest of them, uh, other people. Matt Boomer, I think actually did the, um, the creator one, the one that, uh, the creator destroyer. So that's really yeah. cool. Um, that's awesome that Matt's getting to, into directing. What I do appreciate about Ryan Murphy is that I like his casting choices. I like that he brings the same team around. I feel like Brian, Ryan is a, a breath of fresh air. Um, and you know, he brought that with Glee, even though Glee ended up being what it ended up being. Um, Ryan's kind of ascent into, television creation has been for me i've appreciated it and again it's a very specific flavor you have to kind of want that 
you know, particular take on things. He's kind of a salacious guy. There's there's that aspect to it, high camp to it, if you will. All of his American horror stories, you know, that's just all high camp. Dude. Dude. And uh, Olivia de Havilland is coming for him. So we'll have to see how she shakes out with that. But, you know, it's just, if you're not into it, I can totally see someone not being into what Ryan Murphy does. But I... I liked it. I think by and large, though, he's he's bringing something... He's always bringing something fresh to the table. I mean, I like... I didn't see... Even if it's controversial. I didn't see a lot of the other ones. I did see Feud and then this one, but I didn't see the American Horror Stories. And did you see OJ? I didn't see OJ. Oh, either. yeah. Yeah. To, it would be interesting to get your take on it if you saw uh, season one of American Crime Story with the OJ. Because for me, it was like, holy shit. Like, I, it brought back a lot of memories because covering it for all those months. Um. And then, yeah, there was, then there was a lot of stuff was, we just didn't know. It was like right here in, in you know, our backyard. Your backyard, literally, yeah, right the, over there. Yeah, so. And I covered every second of it from Atlanta, Georgia, and we had all, you know, all of us, all of our people at CNN on the ground, of course. So seeing, again, kind of getting into the mind of OJ, getting into the mind of Marsha and and uh, Cuba's character, Darden, you know, kind of humanizing those people. Do you know what I mean? And and bringing, putting some real kind of emotion into what that was and why that was. And also what the show concludes, you know? Yeah. All that doubt around him that his own team was looking at him like, dude. And specifically Kardashian. I When I saw Schwimmer... Dressed up as Robert Kardashian. I was like, oh, this is going to be... Because Murphy hadn't done this yet, right? This is his first American crime story. And I was like, okay, the dude who's doing American Horror Story is going to come over here and do some, like, drag with history. This is going to be hilarious. And I'm going to watch it because it looks like it's just going to be a clusterfuck. I'm going to give it some popcorn. I'm going to sit there and this is going to be great. And it ended up being spellbinding. And Schwimmer, who is a wonderful actor... He's a great uh, he's a great stage actor as well, by the way. He's not just Ross, and I love to hate him in Band of Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> love to hate him in Band of Brothers because he's so good in that. But like, he really does Kardashian justice, and like, just he fills out that man that we don't know that much about. He's not just the the guy who left the, the money behind for the Kardashian children to grow into an empire. Um, he had his own. He was trying to be a good friend to OJ. He was trying to be a good buddy. But, you know, they were all friends with all those people. And, you know, he was looking at his friend at one point like, what the fuck, yo? You know what I'm saying? And then we have friends who actually grew up with it's a some small of those town. people. It's a small town. It's smaller than y'all know. Everybody know everybody's business. Uh, but, yeah, so I don't know. I I appreciated this for what. It was trying to do. I think it might have executed what it was trying to do. Um, again, it's hard for me to throw around words like I loved it and it was a good time because, you know, well, uh, people it's, died. Its ratings were considerably lower than the, yeah. the OJ one. And I, I don't, I totally can understand that. As we said, you know, initially off the top, like OJ held us captive. 
You couldn't get away from it. If you went into a bar, if you went into a salon, if well, you went into a restaurant, yeah. it was on. It'll it, OJ will break news today. Yeah, I mean, and he needs to shut the fuck up, yeah. yo. Shut up, OJ. We know you did it, motherfucker. Shut huh. the fuck up. Um, so I don't know. This just didn't capture the attention. Again, you have to understand the gay thing. You know, people weren't about to talk about that. Um, and who knows if there was ugly talk of deserved it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember. I mean, I didn't take a poll. I didn't really look around at like how people were taking it, but I know that it was more the skeezy, sleazy, salacious aspect of it. Cause there was, you know, sex involved in escorts and all this kind of stuff. And and that's how it was reported at the time. I mean, I'm trying to remember, I'm sure there was a lot of, you have to remember in the nineties, there were just a lot of, there's a, just a shit ton of in prime time, like just sleazy tabloid uh, yeah. new shows. Yeah. They were trying to be new shows. They tried to act like they were new shows, but they were just those fucking, you know, you know what I'm saying? Those yeah. Like those, what is it? Um, I don't even want to call it out, but you know what I mean. Yeah, those TV shows, those that, shows. that acting like they were trying to like do the news. Yeah. Uh, you know, Geraldo and them trying to ride in on them coattails. So yeah, it, it, it kind of it made all of those yeah. shows. So what I do appreciate about this series is that it puts the humanity. We spent we have um, Versace for a very brief period of time. We don't get to spend a whole lot of time with him, um, but Ramirez does an amazing job portraying him. So now the dog's about to go off because a dog is walking past the window and he needs to tell us all about it. Edgar Ramirez, he was in um, in what was that we just saw? It was in the Netflix Bright. He was right. In Bright. No. He wasn't the. Was he? Wasn't he the? He was. The, he was the he elf. Was the elf in Bright. He was. He was. Yeah. He was the main detective elf in uh, Bright. Seen him in a lot of stuff. I love this actor, and I think he like totally embodies uh, Versace. Yeah, we were talking about just like the way they had made him up. He looks very oh, similar. The thing that the thing that Murphy the Productions nail. Like, yeah, they nail. Brian Murphy Productions going to nail hair and makeup. They're going to nail production design. They're going to nail the lighting scheme. I didn't for a second doubt I wasn't in like the 90s. I felt like I was in Miami in the 90s like when OJ, I'm in that courtroom. I am in Los Angeles in the 90s. It's 1994, 95, whenever it is. This felt like 97 Miami. It's like detail, detail, detail. The show just nails it. Now, the production side of it was... It was amazing. Yeah. That all day long. Give, give, give all the awards, you know, hand out the awards for, you know, y'all doing that. Y'all own that. And the attention to detail is is superior to a lot of things that you see because a lot of people they'll do period like they'll do 80s they'll do 90s we're calling that period now right they're doing that and it's just like oh seriously so i'll just rolled in like a you know a 2004 corvail or whatever and then you try to act like it's the 90s and then everybody's got the same frizzy bad hairdo i'm like oh come on now so this kind of nailed it nailed some fashion trends it nailed um San Diego, because I felt I was in San Diego. Then I felt I was in Miami. And I felt like, you know, then I was out in Minneapolis for that brief 
second. Oh, that's right. Right. So, yeah, there was a that detail. You cannot even begin to touch that. Other, like, favorite character. It's kind of hard to say because these are based on real people. But who's your favorite portrayal? I I liked, um, I mean, as far as just, like, just because, I mean, the whole story, I mean, everyone was, it's just, it's a fucked up story. It's very fucked up. But I like Penelope's, I just. Uh, I love her. It was, it was kind of. I, I, I loved had to, it. I had to just, I had to chuckle a little bit because it, it brought some levity just the way she. But I also think she made me feel really terrible for Donatella Versace. Like she got left behind. You know, she had to carry this. I mean, there's Santo. They have a brother, Santo, but he wasn't, I don't think, as big up in this. And the weight of the world. He was, if you believe the show that's based on the book, Johnny was preparing his sister to expand the franchise and and perhaps maybe take over for him because he was sick, because he did have AIDS and he was in remission. And he saw the world ahead of him without you know, his sister, I mean, without him, him being in it and how were they going to c- carry on the line? And I don't think it was all based in just vanity, uh, vanity over the Versace name. I think it was, we built this up from the ground, you know, from our mama's little, you know, little studio back in Italy. You can't let this just get chomped up and eat up. Like you're carrying everybody in the fam, right? And all of these employees. So I really felt the pressure um, and the way Penelope played Donatella, I felt that pressure. I felt that. And also got to chuckle along the way because I just love her. I, I, I really like that. Somebody needs to do Penelope doing Donatella as drag on Drag Race. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's just I'm putting in a request in the suggestion box right there. Um, I liked Darren Chris taking on Andrew Kanan and... and making something pop to life that we didn't really know that much about. Um, I felt like he put some humanity into that character as much as you can with a sociopath who dies so young. I mean, he did that. The guy was 27, right? When he died. So he, he put some humanity in that guy. I don't think any of the actors mailed it in on any of these. No, I don't think they were all, they all did a phenomenal job. The lovers, job. yeah, they were all, they all, like, everybody shut up for work. It was great. Judith Light, she's, a, she's. I mean, I love her. She's a little scene chewy. She's a little, she's not, she did not chew the scenery as bad as she did in Transparent. I know y'all love that show. I'm not a fan of Transparent. And particularly, everybody's showboating so fucking hard don't get me started. But she's a lit. She was on the verge of a little scene chewy, but she was held just back. So you know, as a as a long time, just delight her in Judith Light. I'm glad that she didn't just go like off the rails. So and of course, you know, Ramirez Edgar's does a wonderful job. As um, but that's my order. Probably Penelope, then Darren, Chris, and then probably Edgar, and then. I don't know. After that, maybe Mike Farrell as Lee Miglin is really good. And Jeff Trail. The guy who plays Jeff Trail. He's in a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff. Um, Finn? 
Uh, yeah. Wit, Whitrock. Finn Whitrock, which sounds like a Flintstone name. Um, I love Finn. He's in a lot. He's just, he's so up for playing whatever Ryan Murphy throws at him. And he's so capable and I adore anything that he does. So it was good to see him in this. So what are we, what are we loading up on next? I know that Shit's Creek is coming. We're doing a season four of Shit's Creek. When that is wrapped out, we'll be coming back with that, but kind of looking around for stuff we're going to talk about soon. So we don't know what that's going to be. Yeah. Have no idea. Something's starting up soon. Something will fire up. We know Westworld's coming. Yeah, that's probably going to do Barry, uh, the new Bill Hader uh, HBO show. If that, you know, that looks like that's going to pop. May not do that episode by episode. Yeah, I think we'll probably do like we'll do all ten, a, then come back a wrap on to that you. One, yeah. I think we should do uh, high maintenance. I'm voting that you catch up on high maintenance and we talk about that because there's so many cool stories to talk about with that show. They're in season two, but we'll you'll see. Yeah, I've, I mean, I haven't even seen season one, so right. They're very short, so it's easy to catch up. It's like basically everybody in the world in New York smokes pot from all walks of life. All right, that's going to be it for us. You guys take care of yourself. We're going to be out in the streets tomorrow on March for Our Lives. We're going to be uh, out there supporting the Parkland kids and the uh, movement to get uh, semi-automatic and automatic weapons off the street. Hey, I'm a gun owner, so uh, I think it's ridiculous that they're still out there on the streets. And so wherever you are marching, be safe out there and uh, enough. And we call BS and all of that. But, you know, hydrate yourselves. Get enough sleep. Uh, do good things for yourself. Be kind to each other. Walk your dog a lot. Our dog appreciates it when we walk him a lot. Do you have any advice? Any any life hacks? No life hacks. Just no, no uh, life hacks that you want to share. Keep uh, tune in next time, and we'll have something. All right. Peace, guys. Peace.